0: Fowl life never stops. It's relentless. Chad, it's relentless. Chad Building is back on the air, and he's brought a ragtag crew of savvy waterfowlers that are just as hardcore as he is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm quite on the level of him. Chad, tell us who your
0: expert waterfowl panel consists of. Greg,
1: Mike, Joel, Anna. Hunt along
0: with us on today's broadcast of The Fowl Life, and learn as you go.
2: You learn every time you hunt, and today I learned that I'm being lazy.
3: Okay, well, the expectation that you're going to be great at all things is not
0: necessarily ever going to happen i gotta learn the foul life with chad belding is proudly presented by benelli travel wisconsin kershaw knives bandit brands and lear now here's chad anna v joel craig and mike let's do this
4: Joel, you say you have a lot of hats. You wear a different hat every day. Why did you choose that one tonight?
2: Well, literally and metaphorically, I chose this hat tonight because of what I'd like to call the great chicken incident of 2023, which happened the other night when some of the best roasted chicken we've ever had in our lives ended up on the streets of downtown Sullivan. And we could not uh, end up eating it again which i took an inordinate amount of crap over what kind of chicken was it broasted but it was fried no it's not fried it's fried you cannot call Bubba said it was fried. fried look frying adds a certain amount of grease and oil to what you eat right broasting has the beauty of adding even more because it's fried under pressure in a pressure cooker so they just take the grease and force it right back into that chicken. It's <laughs> so juicy and delicious.
4: Dude, that kind
2: of... Are we going back to the bar? <laughs> got... My blood pressure just went up a little. Was what
3: was the, the name start. of that bar?
2: That's uh, Poor Man's in Sullivan, Wisconsin. Poor
3: Man's in Sullivan.
4: Bars are really popular in Wisconsin.
2: Yeah, bars what? in Wisconsin, are there are more bars than churches in the state of Wisconsin, more than any other state in the country.
4: Like you take Tennessee, which I would consider like one of the top tourism... It has one of the top tourist cities in America right now with Nashville. It's like the leading bachelorette party destination. It's huge destination for country music fans, and Broadway is known for bars, right? And then there's Midtown, and there's the Gulch, and there's all these areas. Then you get down to Franklin. There's some bars in the Bluebird Cafe. and But the bar, and then Memphis, you got Bill Street, but it's just not – you go to little towns in like even Tennessee, right? Bars aren't as popular, and I don't, I'm don't. i not saying that I know this for sure,
2: but it just seems like <laughs> in Wisconsin,
4: that, that bars are the number one mainstay of every small town in this state. Everywhere you go, there's a bar, a pub, a fish fry on Friday nights at that bar. That's right. But every little, and there's a lot of towns in Wisconsin.
2: What's the population of Wisconsin? 4.6 million. Oh, that's all. 4 with 4 Green Bay million, and Milwaukee, 6. that's 4 the amount. 4 maybe.
4: There's a lot of bars in Wisconsin, right?
2: Yeah. You know why? You understand why? In Wisconsin, a bar is synonymous with restaurant. We don't really have restaurants. We have taverns or supper clubs. But no matter what type of culinary food you're into, no matter what type you're into, there's going to be a bar that serves it, um, whether it's German or Mexican or Italian. Every restaurant you go into the bar's going to be the biggest thing in that restaurant every bar you go into the food's going to be the most important thing at that bar um, yes we're known for our old fashions and beer no doubt about it but any bar you go into in wisconsin you know there are three bars in sullivan and they're three of the best places i have ever eaten and they're so amazing and
3: it's so funny being from the South and us spending so much time here. And then Ted will go back South and she'll say, oh, yeah, we were at the chicken bar or whatever the, the, food, the was. food was right. that was the best that took us there. And everybody thinks we just hang out at bars. well, But they don't understand that's the heart of
2: the community. Well, Wisconsin's the only state in the nation that you can drink at any age if, with, if you're with your
4: parents. That, that's That's, <laughs> that's almost... Like there's no way that's true. It's true. So if I'm five years old, I can sit on a barstool dad and drink a jack and coke.
2: Theoretically, yes. <laughs> Are you for real? <laughs> for real.
4: And a cop can't do anything about it? Nothing. A bartender has to serve that No, that's not
2: true. A bar it's up to the bar's discretion. The bar can have Oh, the discretion so that's probably a
4: big discretionary note uh, right now. But better.
2: man, you know, it, I've in never Wisconsin, seen that it goes back to the heritage of Wisconsin being the beer capital of the United States. Um, you know the, the first big beer ever, Miller and Schlitz. You know Schlitz was the beer that made Milwaukee famous. It goes back to that kind of heritage and almost a European attitude about alcohol. Alcohol's consumed to be part of your meal. It's consumed to celebrate. You know, prosit, <clears throat> cheers. So it's not seen as like, hey, let's get drunk. It's I guess only become that you know more recently. <laughs> I think, but. If you, you know, if you want to take your 17, 16, 15-year-old kid into a bar and sit and share a beer with them or you know, some people have the idea, the attitude that if my kid is going to have a drink, I'd rather have him sitting next to me.
4: Yeah, when he's 16, 17 sure. or 16 17. I
2: mean, is it goofy to have a 10-year-old in there drinking a beer? Yes. I but just want to see it one see I
4: think it. I want to see it one time.
2: I don't think you'd have Let to Let me tell you the craziest thing it. that I've seen at the
3: VFW up here. And this is completely opposite of being in the South. The funerals. After the, you had the church service, everybody has this life celebration. And everybody goes to the bar. And we went to the VFW, and it was like open bar.
4: For a funeral? Yeah. Yes.
3: I've
2: well, never seen I, anything like it. I think it. a
4: lot of people that pass away want that.
2: I, I don't know. A, it's culture here. people die, they want people to have a party
4: after. Yeah. like yeah. you want to be the life of the party. It's like the Irish No, flag, no pun intended.
3: Right? But it's totally different. You know, like culture is totally different.
2: Yeah. In Wisconsin, the bar culture is not like it is in other st- I mean, I'll go to other states. We'll travel to other states to hunt. It's interesting because like you go to a bar, you're lucky if you can get a frozen pizza or a bag of chips, you know, at 10 o'clock at night. Right here, within five miles, we have four to five choices of a full menu until two in the morning.
4: You went through a list yesterday in the blind about the top goose hunters in the state. Yeah. And was Brinko
2: on one of them? Br- Brinko? <laughs> now <know> that, that- <laughs> Greg <laughs> Brinkman's nickname is Brinko. Was he on your list? Yes.
4: So Mike, I
2: just met Mike.
4: You just met Mike.
2: I just met Mike, but I, gu- I guarantee you if he hangs out with Brinko, he's killing geese. So I mean, Maybe they're not. They may not be killing like clayfish geese. But
4: you did say- Why are you
2: laughing? <laughs>
4: but you did say you <laughs> consider yourself one of the top two or three goose hunters. In- I said
2: I consider myself a top 10 goose hunter in the state.
4: What- Goose hunter. But what goes into that list of characteristics?
2: Well, I have three distinct characteristics I think make a goose hunter in the state of Wisconsin. So the top tier goose hunter is the guy who's not afraid to ask permission and gets permission and treats the farmer well. Getting permission, and I'll bet you you're going to hear the same answers from Greg, treating the farmer well all year long. It doesn't mean going on August 20th to ask permission for the first time. I make wild goose pot pies, wild turkey pot pies, venison pot pies. I deliver those to farmers all year long. Okay, so getting permission, a lot of people won't ask. They just won't ask permission. They're afraid to do it. But you know what the answer is if you don't ask? The answer is no. no. It's always no. If you ask, there's a chance it's yes.
4: What if it's, real quick before you move on on the next characteristics, there's no way you get permission on deer hunts, right? Can you get permission on deer? Rarely on deer? Rarely. I would say
2: one out of (coughs) ten. Waterfowl or goose spots, you might get one out of fifteen, you might get deer permission.
4: But how and okay, what's the success rate on waterfowl here? For you? Uh, for me,
2: I'd say fifty percent. 40 percent. So
4: landowners do still say no.
2: Yes. Because 50, half the time
4: anti-hunting, they already have at least uh a they
2: have somebody who hunts it, they lease it for deer, and the people said please no waterfowl hunting. They don't like the early morning banging, a myriad of reasons. So your top tier goose hunter is the guy who's not afraid to ask permission, has the permissions, maintains the relationships with the farmer, has the equipment and has a way to get it to a field. That's your top tier guy. So that's, that's Greg. That's me. That's Ian, Matt Wilkie, Matt Carroll's, you know, that's Brandon Hughes. That's your top tier guy. The guy who's not afraid to ask, has the equipment and is willing to travel with that equipment and let people use it. Your second tier guy is your guy who loves to get permission but doesn't maintain the permissions. So he's got permission and he may or may not have uh the equipment. You know, a lot of times it's younger folks because they can't afford the equipment yet. They're not working in jobs for a while. So that your second tier hunter is your guy who's got some permissions, he's willing to um show up at the field early, help set decoys, and then like the third tier of, of a good Goose hunter. But but that second tier is still a real good scouter. Because you and I know that there's no such thing as hunting without scouting. Scouting is the hunting. Showing up on the day on an X is the shooting geese. Scouting is hunting. And then the third tier guy is the guy who will doesn't want to ask permission, doesn't want to scout, doesn't have the equipment, but he'll work his rear end off if he's invited to a hunt. He'll run around, put out decoys, carry the stuff, He'll stay till the last dog is hung. He'll buy lunch after the hunt. That's the third tier guy. And it's all up to you. I mean, you are a huge fan of saying you get out of life what you put into it. So the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out and the more successful you're going to be. And that's, like, I mean, that's why Greg's one of the top guys. Matt Wilkie's one of the top guys in the state. Brandon Hughes Adam Toboak up north is one of the top guys in the state because they've got all the stuff and it's it's relentless. Chad, it's relentless. You got to always be asking permission. You always got to be working on maintaining it because if you are laxed, somebody will slide in and they'll get that permission and they'll talk that farmer into giving them exclusive permission. So that's kind of my three tiers of what make a waterfall hunter in Wisconsin.
4: Bre is is today's technology and the ability to to whether it's a, an app that has your maps, landowner names, has it become easier to access all of that? Um, has it become harder, per se, because everybody has access to that type of thing? So it's like, well, I, well now I can, you know, you used to have to read a topo map and understand how to read, like going to Canada or America. I remember knocking on so many doors. But really knowing how to read a map and then having to get a phone book and look up phone numbers and all, you know, I'm older than these guys. But these apps have made it so easy for anybody get to get.
2: Maps. Yeah, shit.
1: I think you pretty much hit it on the head there. I mean, yeah, it made my life easier, but it made the guy next to me's life easier as well. So helped him out as much as it helped me. used to just knock on doors and talk to people, but it's the way life goes, you know. Technology changes it for everyone. So so
4: when you, when you hear Joel talk about... You don't just get permission and then it's over. You got to you got to maintain this network. Networking is everything, right? Oh, so yeah. you have a full time <laughs> job. Yep. You also have a production company, North Winds. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called, North Winds? North Wind. North Wind. Are you working your network year round, like Joel talks about, with whether it's taking them to dinner or taking them a goose burrito or a pot pie? Joel's a wild game aficionado, right? He cooks all the time, so he's constantly you know, give, I've seen him do it. I mean, I've been in meetings with him where he cooks wild game for potential customers of ours. So is it constant with you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm quite on the level of him as making pot pies and stuff, but, you know, I definitely stay in touch with a lot of my close farmers and more than just, you know, say, yeah, I hunt his fields. No, like we get a relationship going and, you know, you know, more or less for friends and, you know, stuff like that, but definitely it plays a big role in it.
4: When you talk about the other guys having the same tools that you have now. I mean, it's, you could, you could really get access pretty easy to people to find out who owns the land, where the land is, where the private property is, where the, po- it's easy today to get that done as long as you take the time to learn these apps that are available. Is there a lot of animosity in the Wisconsin waterfowl world of, People that know you have permission, are they constantly trying to get that field from you? Are they, do they, did they try to tail end you on your network and try to, to take it over? Or is there respect around here that, Hey, that's Brinkman's place. We're not going to mess with it.
1: There's a little bit of respect. You know, you get in the area and you hunt it for so long, you kind of know who has what farms and stuff like that. And you, you respect it. This year specifically, though, there is, I think a couple new people to the area that I hunt. And they had actually talked to some distant family of the family that lets me hunt their property. And there was some miscommunication in there. And I I actually caught them the night before and they were about to hunt there. And I was like, I don't think you're supposed to be out here. You know, we figured it out and solved the problem. But yeah, it's for the most part, there's respect. And you know, if people don't know, you know, they're just trying to get permission and hunt just like the next guy. So, I mean, they're not doing nothing wrong, but you know, it's just the. Let's
2: talk about the unwritten rules. Of that because before you go into the emerald rules i want to talk about what you and
4: mike did not grow up together i asked you that today right were you guys competitors at one time and you meet in a field and now all of a sudden you form this allied group of goose hunters to where his fields are your fields your fields are his fields and you guys are constantly adding to it and trying to like become a team and we're going to bring mike in here in a minute but is is that kind of how it goes to where a competitor could turn into an ally and now you guys become like a force to be reckoned with to where you just add all of these boots on the ground to make sure that you are able to go in and hunt the field that's got the most geese on it when you find
1: the X? Definitely. Yeah. I met uh, Mike through a, you know, as a friend of a friend deal and, uh, you know, you, you start to hunt, you know, for the most part, all hunters are good dudes and stuff or, you know, and, uh. You know, we get to talk, and you're like, hey, I got a field. You know, he invites me, and I invite him. Next thing you know, you're, you're you know, you're know hunting together, and you only help each other out when you know you got –
4: Yeah, because you got your gear Everyone's combined. got something to
1: bring to the table, you know, yeah. better as a team than by yourself, so.
4: How many guys will you guys have in the field on any given day?
1: Nowadays, I think I kind of max out at, you know, six or seven. Back in my high school days, you know, it's all about, you know, making the biggest pile, and, you know, not going to lie, maybe I have 10 guys out there. I think those days are kind of in the past, honestly. It's good. So, kind of brought the like, group size down and just have a good time with your buddies. All
4: right, Joel. Unwritten rules of Wisconsin goose hunters, top tier goose hunters.
1: I'm really, I'm, and I'm really curious to see
2: if Greg agrees with me on these because there are, first of all, an ethical code is that you don't step on someone's field. So, the most prominent or serious waterfowl hunters, field hunters, and I want to be clear, there's a very specific difference between field hunters and water hunters. Water hunters with their boats, that's a game I don't play in. I don't have a boat. I'm a field hunter, period. I'm also a goose hunter before a duck hunter. It's a longer season. means I get at it more. And ducks are just harder to find and pin down than geese. So, But geese are tougher to hide in than ducks, easily. So I would say some of the unwritten rules are, even if you can't stand somebody, you will not step on their field. If you know they have permission for the field... And we all who hunt four to six times a week, in some cases, we know who has permission on every field. Every field that's got geese in it, we already know if some if someone has permission on it. If nobody does that we know, if that's not a regular yearly field for that person, then it's fair game to ask. Then it's fair game to knock on the door. Because what happens a lot of times is you'll knock on the door and get permission not knowing someone else has that permission. That's the situation where it can go very good and you end up teamed up with someone like Mike or very bad and someone is extremely upset. Then they're spreading the word that you're stealing fields. So I think the ethics of hunting is maintained by the fact that it's not altruistic. You will get harmed if you start treading on other people's quote, territory. It's almost, it's kind of funny because it's almost like gangster-esque a little bit, but it's very kind gangster <laughs> Are you the goose mafia? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the goose, it's the goose gangsters. Did you gangstas. just compare yourself to Al it's Capone? the goose gangsters. Am <laughs> I here in the show? <laughs> no, but do you agree with me, Greg? Oh, 100%. So it's a, there's gangs. I, I mean, he, I know he agrees with me. It's yeah. not gangs. It's your crew. It's your guys you hunt with. You me and Mike, you
1: know, a, me and Mike have run into that problem where he's like, hey, I just got permission on this. And I'm like, oh, well, I've been hunting there since high school. But, yeah. you know, I mean, we're buddies now. You know, there's no they hard They had five
2: fistfights before they became yeah. friends. Did
1: I, you guys really? Yeah. Who, who that's True story. He's a wrestler. I mean, yeah. Oh, you whipped ass. <laughs> I don't know. Mike looks pretty I'm fit. from the streets, you know. <laughs> You're from the streets. See, this is going <laughs> to He's from the streets. No, no, it, no. So
4: let's,
2: let's the streets specific, of sturdivant.
4: Yeah. Let's specifically talk about today. These geese are hard to pattern because the weather hasn't been right. Oh. The migration's halted. The moon, the Stop. temperatures are, I mean, it's it's literally, I'm going to say Thanksgiving is on the 23rd, I believe. So it's a three. It's like November 20th. I saw people golfing in shorts yesterday in Wisconsin. Yep. Like that's not right. <laughs> yeah. I know anything <laughs> can not, happen, but that's not right. It's no. Not you can't pattern a Canada goose. And on top of that, a lot of these geese have been here for a minute.
2: Edumacated.
4: Edumacated geese. I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't edumacated.
1: think we've got new birds for hmm, three weeks at least. And I mean, that's stalled right now. (laughs) Yeah. That's about as stale as stale gets.
4: And that's, that's the thing about doing what we do is that I guess you could assume that wherever we go, we're in them all the time. It's not the case. Like we, you got to deal with mother nature. We did not think that this was going to be the weather pattern at this third week of November. Third week of November is
2: usually bomb, man.
4: You guys have already hunted. one snowstorm here.
2: Yeah. yeah, like
4: on Halloween, I mean, we I believe had such it was. an
2: amazing early season this year. I just I was like, man, this is gonna be awesome. You know, we still we frankly the fact that we scratched some out because you know we Luke talked about it the other day. The difficulty of hiding cameras in fields, the difficulty of having a production staff there in addition to your hunters is tough to hide. Um, and these geese are so smart to what they're used to seeing. It makes it so tough to begin with. Then you're hunting stale geese. You know the fact that we actually got some to finish and and you know took incredibly selective shots and got a few, boy, I think we did better than we could have even. I mean, there could we could have really got skunked out there. There's, these geese are stale, and the geese There's, we shot were giants, so they're old geese. They know what's going on. You don't get to be old by being stupid. No.
1: Those last few days of sunny and warm, <laughs> that's pretty much your worst nightmare. I mean, they don't fly until after shooting hours, basically. I mean, you got ten minutes to scout and half the time they change their pattern by the next day. So, I mean, what does that give you? You know, you just try and pick the area with a good amount of geese and do what you can.
4: Joel was asking me some goose calling questions today, bring him in. And I want to bring Mike in to talk about this too, but he says that everybody grunts into a goose I
2: didn't call. say everybody, almost everybody. Well, you said everybody. <laughs> everybody was in your sentence.
1: I mean, is that what Joel does or is that Joel what? Joel <laughs> grunts, but he's breaking
4: it. And when he does not grunt, he sounds goosey. Yeah, but he says that to get that woo, that woo, woo, you know that yeah. that make your it's ears between tickle. the
2: reeds. It's a
4: your vibration ears should always tickle reads. when you get a goose call right. I would assume <laughs> Kenny G's ears tickle when he gets it right. Do you think so? <laughs> well, I see his hair go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he's not Louis
4: Armstrong. He's more of a. He's, <laughs> that was my best clarinet. clarinet Louis was. Armstrong clarinet. puffed his cheeks. Yeah, you don't puff your cheeks with a with a short reed goose call. or A flute call, you do. But on a short read goose call or a duck call, you don't puff your cheeks and you don't grunt because you're, you're, you're beating the sound out of the call. This is again, you, everything I've learned, but it, it was interesting to me to hear you say everybody or almost
2: everybody right? grunts. I, you know what I learned today, Chad? Seriously, that this is the, one of the coolest things about hunting too is you learn every time you hunt. And today I learned that I'm being lazy because to hit that tone, it, there's a timber to that tone that's right between two reeds. It's between two notes. And that gives the, uh, that, zzz. it's between two solid notes because I thought you had to grunt to get that sound because grunting is faking it. It's the cop out. It's the easy way out. You make that sound with pure air because you're sitting right between two notes and those reeds are vibrating against each other and going zzz, like a bee's wings.
4: Well, there's only one ring. There's only one reed. Well, it's bouncing it's against the... The tone board.
2: Yeah, the tone board.
4: And it's almost like you're vibrating your vocal cords.
2: It's 100% right. If you uh-huh. think
4: about your vocal cords, and I always tell people when you present air correctly into a duck or a goose when I'm looking around because I was looking for Kleenex, but if you lay a piece of Kleenex on a table... Uh, And you blow that piece of Kleenex like you're blowing out your birthday candles. Yeah. That Kleenex will shoot across the table and go flying like a paper airplane. If you present your air to that Kleenex, the lightest piece of tissue you could find, I think it's probably a Kleenex tissue. Yeah. you present your air like you do into a duck call or a goose call, it will hover Mm -hmm. and then it'll fall. And it'll hover Mm -hmm. and then it'll fall. Right. And when you grunt, you're pushing too hard and you're beating the sound out of the call. Now, there's guys like Fred Zink or the late, great Tim Browns or Alan McCree or Gary McCree or Kelly Powers. And I can go on and on. Kyle Jones and Scott Trinan. And there's so many great short read goose call operators. But when I hear that, the first thing that it tells me is that you're not presenting your air right. And will you kill him? Sure. You'll kill him. But I've always looked at it like, how much of a perfectionist do you want to be? To kill him right is it the is it just the kill that you want in the picture or do you want to be able to go man i really sound like a can of goose and that's what fred always taught me was
2: you really have to work on phil Hudnall one of the greatest ever we would sit there for hours practicing but i want to know what craig thinks do you agree that most people make a sound with their voice when they're making a goose call
1: yeah i do you know i, I really haven't even thought about it much until you guys started talking about it today and i started thinking about it, like man how do I and I, I feel like I'm kind of a mix between you two. Like for certain sounds, I will kind of grunt. I feel like, and other sounds, I, I don't.
2: I think most people do, but now I'm thinking. even a train note, which is the scratchiest
4: note a goose makes, is not a grunt. It's right. straight, clear air. And you're like, it's almost like you're putting the air into the call and bringing it back out. Does that make sense? To where your diaphragm goes like this, your belly Pushing button pulling
2: your, at the same, your time. belly
4: button goes to your spinal cord. And you pull it back if that makes sense. That's yeah. hard. That's well, it hard. It makes
2: sense because it's all diaphragm control at the end of the day. Yeah, I it's mean, all diaphragm. The double really. clock is just diaphragm.
4: No, that's a lot of back pressure with your hands too, depending on what style of double clock you but use. But would, would, style. yeah,
2: I, I suppose. But like, it's tough to make your would diaphragm.
4: Would, 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 or you go would,
2: would, I don't know. Would, it's would. cool. It's cool to realize that, because but it's going to take a lot of work because it's really hard. I mean, I've got my calling's gotten better than it used to be. Which
4: isn't you know high. Yeah, level. it
2: has for sure. But and these guys sounded great. They sounded great, and Mike sounded great today too. I mean, I don't know which one. Of one, one of was, one
4: but. of one of I could tell the difference. You know, like obviously the their calls are tuned a little bit different. And they everybody's got a a little bit different of a calling. Everyone's style. got a yeah. I and just I love, love say. that about goose calling because man, you could go into a contest and go up against the greatest in the world, like I did for years. And if the judge likes you more. You got it, right? Well, and the beauty
2: is all geese sound different too.
4: So, And geese make, they have such a diverse vocabulary, which is why I love calling them. Duck calling is very, very difficult. Timing, air presentation, hand control, knowing what to say when knowing like an athlete is a shortstop. What do I do if the ball's hit to me? Is it a double play? Am I throwing it home? Is it a force play? Point guard, what do I do with the ball? Am I passing it into Shack? Am I shooting a three-pointer? Am I bounce passing it chest pass? Whatever. You're always thinking two or three steps ahead. Right. And that's what a goose caller has to do. Because if I'm going to do a spit moan, I got to get my hands in the right position or I'm going to stick my reef. So you're always thinking like, all right, here it comes. And you're always getting your hands in the right position. You're thinking like, all right, here comes my spit moan. I'm gonna lay this down. Or here
2: comes my train note. Here comes my spit train. And
4: you're always thinking, at least that's the way I think. <laughs> that's feel. a level, yeah. yeah,
2: right. But you're talking about a level that's just beyond even where i comprehend right now. Cause I'm still just trying to sound like a goose. We're
4: gonna break here for a few commercials. Thank you all very much.
0: Wisconsin, the home of great cheese, exceptional waterfowl hunting, and an abundance of true American freedom.
2: Wisconsin's the only state in the nation that you can drink at any age if you're with your parents. That's <laughs> almost like, there's no way that's true. It's true. So if I'm five years old,
4: I can sit on a barstool, Dad, and drink a Jack and Coke? Theoretically, yes. Oh my Are you for real? God. For real. <laughs> and a cop can't do anything about
3: it? Nothing. Everybody thinks we just hang out at bars.
0: Today's broadcast of The Foul Life with Chad Belding. Is brought to you in part by Federal Premium Black Cloud, High Viz Sites, Gator Coolers, and Vortex Optics. Chad, Anna V., Joel, Greg, and Mike will return after the break. We'll be right back.
4: It's called Benelli's The Foul Eye for a reason. We love Benelli. They are the top shelf of waterfowl shotguns, all shotguns for that matter, in my opinion. But when you start talking about duck blinds, goose blinds, lay down blinds, panel blinds, pit blinds, the debris, the wear and tear, everything that we put our guns through throughout a duck season, whether it's a 60 day duck season in the South, or you start up north and north of the border in Canada, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and follow the migration South. Some of us, myself included, hunt over 120 days a year and every single time. I squeeze that Benelli trigger it goes bam I'm so proud and honored to be part of the Benelli family and when it comes to the Super Black Eagle 3 the 12 gauge the 20 gauge the 28 gauge I absolutely love this line of shotguns the inertia every single thing from the rib down to the sight to the choke tube to the constrictions the performance is what it's all about with Benelli the Super Black Eagle series in 12 gauge 20 gauge and 28 gauge whether you get Rob Roberts to build the performance shop or you keep him straight out of the box factory they perform their simply perfect. It's Benelli. It's the confidence of shouldering that shotgun and the responsibility of pointing it at a live animal and squeezing that trigger. The dispatch, humane, ethics, everything that goes into it. Benelli believes in the culture of the duck hunter, the goose hunter, the turkey hunter, the upland hunter. So whether you're doing sporting clays, whether you're chasing waterfowl, chasing upland, chasing turkeys, Benelli builds a shotgun for you. Benelli's the foul life. they are 13 seasons as our title sponsor. Can you imagine this relationship thank you Benelli thank you all for supporting Benelli and I know it's all of our goal to walk into that sporting good that Benelli dealer that store and say let me shoulder that super black eagle and now you can do it in so many gauges the sub gauges included we're fired up good luck this season stay safe out there and shoot straight shoot Benelli
0: looking for a high quality truck accessory that's built to last Look no further than Lear. With over 50 years of experience in the industry, these guys know what it takes to make your ride, look and performance best. Whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap, a hard or soft cover, or accessories to customize your truck, Lear's got you covered. Their products are made with only the best materials, and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners. Head over to Lear.com to explore their range of products and take your driving experience to the next level.
4: Have you become a member of CamoSpace? Have you built your profile? Do you want to be able to celebrate the hunt your fishing trip your shooting excursion are you tired of being shadow banned by other social media facets and platforms the Reed family in Maryland has designed Camo Space to be hunter fisher conservation specific share your recipes share your videos do it with pride go on there and learn in the tutorials and the instructional sections download the app today get Camo Space get the merch wear it with pride update your profile daily with stories and photography and videos this is what social media should be for everyone everybody our experience should not be altered because we have pride in being an American hunter a worldwide hunter a fisher a camper an outdoorsman an outdoors woman camo space is fighting for all of us and they're giving us a platform to share our experiences tell our stories create our memories create our legacy camo space is all about your legacy house it there own it there update it daily tell your friends and family about it and let's build the camo space community they're the official social media platform of the foul life podcast and benelli's the foul life tv you'll see us hunting with the reed family we represent them we're proud to do it just like my brother michael waddell at bone collector is become a member of camo space today build your profile and let's build this army and community at camo space thank you all very much
0: the Foul Life is back from the break, so the fun can continue.
3: I mean, we sat in the blind, we had fun, we joked, we picked on Joel all afternoon. I mean, we Whoa. laughed It's a lot about up my pants.
0: Remember, hunting is even more fun when you share it with others and help
3: pass along our American hunting heritage. The biggest issue for women about getting started in the outdoors is fear, and it's usually fear of the unknown. Well, I'm not claiming to know anything, so who cares if I screw up?
0: This action-packed Badger State Waterfowling Podcast is powered by Avery Outdoors. Greenhead Gear Decoys, Jargon Game Calls, American Almond Beef, and Corning Ford. Now back to Chad, Anna V, Joel, Craig, Mike, and the show.
4: Anna, what is intimidating about game calling to you? Because you've come from the upland world. What is intimidating about waterfowl hunting? And I know that you're a great shotgunner. I know you know your way around a dog. I know that you have ambition to become a great waterfowl. Mm-hmm. But you have it. I you have a couple issues in my opinion, and these two issues are this. And Joel can attest to this as a waterfowler that got into it later in life. The calling is one that you struggle with. That you're like, do I want to put the time into becoming? I want to, but then you get frustrated because you're so used to being good at things that when something new comes, you're like, just teach me in private. Just don't embarrass me in front of you. And then the other one is. With quail hunting or grouse hunting or pheasant hunting, you're moving all the time. You're watching your dog, and there's there's even when the birds aren't plentiful, you're in the action because you're walking, you're watching, and you might go through a two hour lull in a goose hunt to where what are they doing? The sun's out, they're they're flying later. They might be sitting and con- reserving body. Heat. So like you're learning all this right now. Does that bother you to go through those boring times? Because today day you're like yeah, it's just hard to sit there. Because I'm built with anticipation. Like, man, they could just get kicked off a little, you know, local park by some kids going to the merry-go-round and come floating over and you get a shot at them, right? Like, I'm always thinking that way. Tell me, like, what you're thinking. Like, what intimidates you about this sport? What bugs you about it, you know, transitioning from upland to waterfowl?
3: Okay, well, the expectation that you're going to be great at all things is not necessarily ever going to happen, right? Because I got buddies that say... I don't need to learn to call because I always hunt with so-and-so and and they're awesome or somebody's always going to back me up so I just go and have a good time shooting I mean I do have friends that say that I did have my first um, call lesson on my podcast All American Wing Shooting Podcast that was
2: a shameless plug plug, (laughs) wow
3: with Chris (laughs) with Chris Cifrio of Jargon name Name
2: dropping (laughs) you do it all the time I
3: learn from the best who does (laughs) Oh,
4: you better watch it. Everybody listens to the
3: Foul Life Notes. Boom. Okay. Chris is, and you talk about how great he is all the time. So our first podcast that we did, I did my first lesson and it was crazy. We had this conversation how people call me and said, I can't believe you did this. Well, I got to learn. Like for me, it was like, okay, if I put this out there, the biggest fear, especially for women or the biggest issue for women about getting started in the outdoors is fear. And it's usually fear of the unknown. Well, I'm not claiming to know anything. So who cares if I screw up? Like there's a process of learning. And you know that I always focus on the journey. So I didn't really care to throw it out there. You gave me a goose calling lesson in New York on camera. I mean, no, I didn't get it. And I was frustrated because you're right. I'm used to things coming a little easier. And I did play the freaking clarinet.
2: It's I an instrument. Goose able- <laughs> call is an instrument, just like an I instrument.
4: I know. You know. still have a clarinet?
2: I do. But it needs I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's
4: like it's the Yaws That's the Yaws no, blue. No. What? The female Kenny G? He's what a is saxophone. so bad? Oh, he's a clarinet. <laughs> he's a clarinet? <laughs> yeah,
2: Kenny G is a clarinet. <laughs> yeah, clarinet. You're absolutely out of your mind. No, Kenny G's
3: clarinet. He plays the sax too, I think. He's a
4: saxophonist. Okay.
3: It, I'm
2: looking it up. There's
4: no way Kenny G would get famous playing the clarinet.
3: <laughs> My mom will tell you <laughs> that I was good and I sat first seat, but then I picked ball. So what's wrong with clarinet? I loved the no, clarinet I and I love I love jazz music. But anyways, so I was frustrated. I'm not going to give up. I'll keep doing it. I think it is so <clears throat> cool. I love that.
4: But did, did did it bug you today that we went through some lulls about like when you get into a situation like this, you might look over there and go, why that ditch has got more brush in it." There might be some grouse over there. Let's go try that ditch. Well, we're like, we can't just pick up and move our operation.
3: I don't know because at the end of the day, when you've walked ten miles and and you've like only seen birds, <laughs> that's kind of a hard, a hard evening. I mean, we sat in the blind, we had fun, we joked, we picked on Joel all afternoon. I mean, we Whoa. laughed till I felt yeah. pee my pants.
5: What do you mean? <laughs> I caught some shade too.
2: <laughs> hey, Every picture of Kenny G here has a clarinet. Are you what? for real? Yeah, I would yeah. bet money I on that. This, oh.
1: Look at that.
4: What uh, instrument does Kenny G play regularly?
1: Yeah, did you Google Kenny G and a clarinet?
4: Yeah, of <laughs> <laughs> oh, he totally did. The, the two instruments that Kenny G plays are the saxophone and the alto saxophone, it says on Google. That's
3: an alto sax. It's not a clarinet. Okay. I just
2: Googled Kenny G. The first picture is him with a clarinet. That might, it might an be
1: an picture. alto
3: sax. Let me see. It's
1: an alto that sax. A
2: clarinet.
1: I don't even know what you guys are talking about. That's a about
3: clarinet, at this
2: point. bro. <laughs> no, it's not. It's brass. That's a clarinet. No, Clarinets it's not. Clarinets are
1: are black. Clarinets not. are straight, long, and,
2: they are, and they're more. black. That's a clarinet.
4: That's an alto think. sax. <laughs> it's way too big.
3: That is and not it, a
2: saxophone. Did you
4: see the Trinidadian. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what instrument is Kenny G degree play? In music. That is a clarinet.
3: Let me see. I played it.
4: saxophone and alto sax. Lewis, what is instrument is fan do you play? A you know? uh, he plays the sax. See, and he's a, Whoa! Pianist. He's a pianist. And you don't have to play. <laughs>
2: <don't> <laughs> <use> <laughs> <laughs> so, and she plays her pants. So, you, know, you got to play before you
4: leave. This dude can, oh, break, can be in. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. He's like a modern day. Uh, dude is
2: awesome. So, Greg, when you. Uh,
4: let me ask Mike this. Mike, when you were. you girlfriend and your wives are up here. Your girlfriend and your wife, Brinkman. When you show up to a field like you did today, and there's a girl in the blind, you guys are in your twenties, right? He's thirty. Oh, I'm older. Yeah, I'm thirty. Did y'all judge me? Do you no? Do you, do you look at it like, ugh, you know, can't be a guy, can't do the dude jokes, can't be the locker room locker room talk. Do you look at it as what is she doing here? Like, how do you guys process women in the outdoors at your age right now? Do your girls hunt? Do you believe in women hunting?
5: Do you like it when you see women in the outdoors? I probably speak for both of us, but we try to get them into it. Um I think at least me, both of us actually we've hunted I've hunted with Courtney plenty, but we try to get them into it. When I saw you and your accent, I'm like, "Dang, I wish Dana was here because she would totally love the the Georgia accent." Um well, she already does, but um I think it's cool. I think having them a part of it expands the outdoors and they keep talking about how there's less and less hunters i, I don't know if you guys hear that and what you read or see online but it blows my mind because there's more and more competition but i keep i see more and more women in the outdoors which, which, which i like yeah really? i don't know if it's just on tv i, I know that you know I, I actually watch you know stuff you put out and you do a good job you of do it. not i don't believe it <laughs> i know brayton hey, does robin Lamonaco like I saw Robin. her last night. She's a, she's she's a good sharpshooter, but it's—I—I I think it's good. I want to see more of it, and I didn't think anything different this morning. So I actually thought, because we didn't get the formal introduction in the dark, I thought she might have been the one who handled Axel from the beginning.
3: Well, yeah. Oh, of really? And I should have—I should have
4: handled him. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's trying to say that you're a dog hog. <laughs>
3: A dog hog?
4: Dog a- hog. Like you take, can, like you take my dog.
3: <laughs> he chose me. He chooses me.
4: Axel, come here. See that? Nope. Yep. Oh, look go.
3: at that hesitation. Do <laughs> oh, I
4: have yeah, to yeah. go?
2: Axel has like a thousand yard retreat.
1: Yeah. To be yeah, honest, a little tired he, like, right I now. Mean, that's solid so funny that
3: you say that because I am um, probably a better shooter than a dog handler, but I would
4: choose the dogs every day. Me too. Was that retrieve impressive today, though? Like, that was good. You guys
1: had a lot. Like, that's a that's a that was out there.
4: And I'm an average handler. Our trainer, Brad Errington at Mossy Pond, will tell you that.
1: Um, <laughs>
4: but I was way short of where that goose was.
1: Yeah, it was. And I was like had
4: him in the vicinity, and then you guys were like, "No, he's more right. He's at 12:30 and all this stuff." And I'm like, "You know, like I was trying to figure out where he was, and I knew I was kind of right where I had him in the air, and then he went right back there." And and you guys were right. He was stone dead. We lunged him and he went down like a ton of bricks. But give me your, my give me your top five in order. Why do you waterfowl hunt? Like what, and what I mean is like the aspects
5: of calling, decoying, scouting, da-da-da-da-da-da. Why do you do it? Man, that's a very opinionated question. Kind of. It is. Um, Because everyone's going to be different. I do it for... The spectacle, I think everyone does it for that, but when when you're at the bottom of 2,000 mallards coming into you, and there's 10 mojos in front of you, and they're landing eight feet in front of you, I think the spectacle is number one. Number two is the people around you, for me. The camaraderie. The camaraderie. I would say number three would be the dogs. Number four would be the scouting and number five would be the calling. Really? I do, yeah. So, so scouting, I, I, well, scouting, that's, please. that's ducks. So scouting for me, and you said this earlier when I was listening off to the side, but in Wisconsin, North Dakota, Iowa, Kansas, anywhere in the Midwest, even down south, down south, it's a little different. I don't get down there as much because of, uh, The competition and the the leasing of fields and all of that whereas the midwest and north seems to be a little bit more get permission and it's it's different but scouting is when you scout and you find the the field with the birds and the weather conditions line up it's not as hard you know calling plays less of a factor tonight what we had every bird that we killed was because of the calling that we made to, to, to get them close enough to, to backpedal in the decoys. So it's a part of it, but for me, it's a little bit farther down the list. Now, if I was farther down south, um, from my experiences down there with people who have had, uh, who have spots and, and live down there, calling would be no, probably number two on the list, um, other than the spectacle. Dog, that's hard to get the dog, though. The, the calling might fall beneath the dog.
4: You're at the south, like Arkansas is an audio state. It is. You're in the timber. You're calling. You're breaking them with calls. A lot I'm of people. Seeing, there's not a lot of visual. Do you run a lot of decoys in flooded timber? You don't have to. I mean, a, I do because I'm a decoy nut, right? Um, uh-huh. I loved our spread today, by the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. I really like the way. Oh, here's you guys Dequ- we have
2: 20 dozen decoys out there. I think it was oh, the best nice. one I've
4: seen. Yeah, that's the kind of spread that that I love. I like a, originality. I like. um I think that a lot of people get too caught up in the U or the J and really putting a bunch of decoys just like without breaking it and without, you know, funneling them or letting them bounce, you know, and I think there's a lot that goes into an ingenuitive decoy spread. And that yeah. and that, that comes a lot from scouting and watching real geese enough to where it becomes instinctual. Like, dude, I'm painting a picture here of re- of what a real flock of
2: Canada geese look like. That's what I was going to ask you, Chad. Why did you guys? I mean, we ran twenty dozen full body decoys today, and that's nuts. That's a ton, right? Especially for a Wisconsin spread. We're hunting on smaller fields usually. I mean, today was a big field, but why did you run? Why did you guys choose to run what you did today? And then I saw you change some stuff. You know, like right at nah, the. Nah, we
4: cha- we only changed it for because I'm anal about camera stuff. But the the decoy spread was these guys kind of set the picture, the tone when we got there. And I was like, "Oh, this is my kind of deal," because I saw how. And we had talked on the phone last night about the decoys. I mean, there was some decoys that were a hundred yards almost from our blind. Yeah, maybe eighty. Yeah, no, for, that's no. a long ways. And you're taking a big chance there with honkers. Because that's honkers. what I that that's honkers what I know from this for short you. And when you're trying to get them in that pocket, especially on an edge, edge hunting for honkers is it's probably tough. the hardest candidate you could mop up lessers on an edge, even with the tree line behind you. Lessers get really powerful and dumb over edge heights. But honkers are just different. They're not used to it. They don't like it. They, they like, the like the high spot in the field. They like the middle of the field. They're smart. And then on top of that, we got a circus out there of gillied up camera guys that look like a Jack Links <laughs> commercial. It's
2: awesome. awesome.
4: It's awesome. But when you get them, you just have to tell yourself, like, I'm not just hammering. We do our best to, and trust me, we get in some situations where we're hit. And we mop them up, right? Like, you really kill them hard, hard. But there's also times where you're like, we just, we're going to kill the geese we can kill.
2: Do you feel like we have to get, I mean, when we have the ghillie suit of guys out there and we're running, you know, six six hunters. I mean, all we had, we had six guns, Right and you're running three other people outside of the blind in ghillie suits do you feel Chad like you have to get lucky like you can plan and work and call and have geese I think geese? I think you
4: work hard to get lucky I think you create your own luck but I think that when you're dealing with mother nature yeah. you're well, okay maybe that's a better way to put you're it. you're hoping for eight geese to get off one of these ponds that just got there last night and they're trying to get used to the area and they're trying to find their way around for
1: them lost puppies. Yeah. And that,
4: that's, that's what you're praying for. That's what I look for is like, like the other day, for example, when that first flock of geese came in, okay. The first thing I heard out of your buddy's mouth was, why don't we call them? I'm like, cause it was eight juvies and I could look at them right in their eyes. I wasn't going to kill them. It's just the way my mind works. Like, We could have mopped them up, and it probably would have been pretty on camera. But they were all really, really, really young geese. And I didn't feel like ending their lives. Like, if it was snow geese, oh, yeah, we probably would have had fun. But Canada geese are – how can I put this? My my good friend Nick McNamara says it's best. They are not snow geese. No disrespect. These are Canada geese. These are freaking – Precious animals. Well, these are extinct. These, these are the We're baddest ass animals on, like, these are the coyote of the goose world. No, they are an awesome, and I'm not saying that snow geese aren't small because they are. They live until they're 30. But man, dude, people live for the juvies in snow goose season in the spring. They want those juvies because they leave late. They don't have to mate until they're two. They can't mate until they're two. So they're always the last ones to go. They're not in a hurry like the adults are. And people look forward to killing them young geese. I want I, I looked at those geese. I'm like, man, I want to. I want to get some mature geese. And we killed we some killed mature some. geese. Giants, like, Giants. I'm talking like they had to be twenty pound Like a hundred. I thought they were like a hundred pounds. At least. One hundred fifty pounds. <laughs> pounds. <laughs> well, <150 laughs> pound well you had,
2: they were about a hundred pounds, and you were bench pressing four at a time with each hand. So
4: I did bench press Anna and she weighed in. She weighed in at a buck nineteen, babe. Wow, Buck oh, really 19!
2: Oh, he just became my favorite person.
4: <laughs> oh, Joel, was it impressive though? He looked, up Was impressive.
2: How did this happen? He literally <laughs> we have it on pressed, video.
3: It's for real. He yeah. literally
2: bench pressed Anna V in the middle of the field and five I had times, Waders on five That's times awesome. with my feet up in the air and prone, just, <laughs> and she stayed like a gymnast on my arms. She was doing the what the kids a call plank. a plank. The plank. Yeah. That's I why you planking. have no oh, sleeves hard and he's got sleeves on. Oh, I, I, no, I, I no, should sure wear sleeves. I, I, I don't wear I don't wear sleeves because he I'm could a transcender. He could not bench press me. Right, ben?
3: Oh, that's my word.
2: I could bench press you. <laughs> not a
4: How much you weigh? Two seventy.
2: <laughs> You're a jerk. How much? Two thirty-five.
4: Your ass is eight
2: feet out of freaking socket. There ain't no way. Swear to God. I was going to say 218. No. Well, I do carry my weight well, and muscle weighs more than fat, so. It does. Yeah, and I got a, I got a big musk muscle head.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I had I had a blast today. I had a blast this whole week. This whole week. Let's let's talk. Let's just name Joel the things we do.
3: He nailed this.
4: We did things like that like local Wisconsinians. What do they call Wisconsinites? Wisconsinites. Oh wow, that's pretty good of me. I'm a I'm a adopted son of the South, and now I'm an adopted Wisconsinite. This is what we did this week. Night one. I'm gonna try to remember, then you correct me if I'm wrong. Well, all right. I'm gonna try to remember because you know, it was no, a whirlwind. Me, but I remember. God. I'm gonna remember because all right. because I sometimes I think my memory's gone because there's too much in my head.
3: Yeah, you don't slow down. Ever.
4: But night one, we got here, unpacked, and we went to. A
2: chicken, a roasted bro, broasted chicken bar. Broasted. Broasted, ch- broasted chicken bar. Poor man. We wouldn't call man. it a roasted chicken bar. We'd just call it a bar that has awesome roasted chicken. That's yeah, a roasted chicken bar. But we, we call, always say chicken bar. it a bar. It was sure. called, it it was was
4: called, called poor, bar. poor Man's. <laughs> it was called Poor Man's in Sullivan. And it was awesome.
2: Cool place.
4: We got to do spit wads through the bartender's hoopty hoops.
2: <laughs> the bartender had gauges <laughs> in his ears. And he said we could get fifty percent off all drinks and roasted chicken if we could get spitwads through his gauges. Two
4: Hawaiian girls walked in and hula hooped in his ears. Am I lying? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you're lying. <laughs> Next morning we wake up. We set up. On, on, that
3: night didn't end. Where didn't we go to the other place?
4: Concord Inn. Yeah, we went to Concord wait, wait, Inn. We went to Concord Inn and play pull tabs and darts and darts, and I, I mopped up every. I mop up everybody. Yes. I would have won the worlds that night. I couldn't just well, well, You
2: just won because I'm I was an exactly athlete so
4: lefty. a uh, freaking tired of mine. I, I own. twisted me times.
3: around the floor. Yeah, yes. swung down.
4: Yes. I danced with my wife. <laughs> I danced
2: my wife. I danced with
3: my wife. We had so much
2: fun. Becky danced
4: Steven. So then the next morning we wake up, we set up on a cornfield and it was a tough hunt, tough hide, tough tough weather, just local geese, kinda like what we face today. And then we leave there and we go to the glass. We went
2: to Silver and Lewis Cheese Silver Factory. Silver Lewis Cheese Curd Factory and I made cheese curds, cut them.
4: We all down. three we made
2: it. Munster Cheese Curds. Whole, and we got yeah, to we fry did. them right there and eat them. It then, was then we left there. We went, so went so to minimal. Kramer's Then we went to Kramer's, Kramer's Dairy in Watertown. Which was amazing in Wisconsin. And we shopped. We shopped and got cheese and we, we ate salami cheese. and yep. had a beer. What'd you buy?
3: I bought um, Bloody Mary Cheese Spread. <laughs> Port buffalo cheese spread, buffalo pork. cheese spread, and we got one more. The oh, buffalo is the best. The apricot honey, which is Ooh, like their all time favorite. I like the buffalo
2: that. is the best. No, hands no, no. down. If it was right wing, maybe. But. Oh my goodness! I just like then, it. I'm sorry. The so then that we leave that
4: Kramer's, much. dude. I thought I was gonna remember. I was only gonna go after the highlights. Okay. We left Kramer's. We left Cramer's and that was it for that day. No, we, ke- yeah, we no, came that's back not. here. We
2: came back to my house. Yeah, we
4: came back here and did. I'm just talking about the, oh, like the place you're we talking had. about
2: the exciting Wisconsin. No, we,
4: stuff. we had a great time here that night and had an unbelievable recipe. We did, we did pulled goose with seared or, uh, pan fried. and cheese curds sauteed. Mustard
2: Cramer's, cheese curds. Oh my God. That dish was On good. homemade with homemade barbecue Barbecue sauce sandwiches. Homemade with a barbecue sauce. Rub. Yep. And right wing sauce. So then that brings up Wednesday morning.
1: We haven't eaten yet. So Wednesday Wednesday
4: morning, the weather was so terrible. We called our hunt. That's right. We called our hunt. And now I'm trying to figure out what we did Wednesday. Oh, we, we've done we so pheasant much. hunted at Milford. Oh, yeah. we went to Milford. That farms. was my day. I killed nine roosters with four shots. <laughs>
2: pretty good. <laughs>
3: Try Chad that put his big That's toe bad. in the field. Chad,
2: the field, Chad well, was afraid because Anna and I were shooting off. Not one train. person yelled rooster when they got up. I was watching. I'm like...
5: Who the my the buddy, Craig. That's the, only,
4: that's the funnest part of pheasant on Yeah, Yelling rooster. Rooster!
3: <laughs> he brought his dogs, and I love his dogs because I ran them
0: yeah, back they, in the day. Was, then we Super went back
4: fun. up to the clubhouse and cleaned the geese. Oh, my God. Or cleaned the pheasant. Yeah. Yep. Then they made pheasant poppers for us. I went into the kitchen so and Joel no coached me. That should be a topic on here.
5: Pheasant poppers. Ask the people if they want cream cheese in their poppers. Mo-
4: People who live in their mom's Jed basement are going to be right there. Cream. I Jed would love to know.
2: Hates cream cheese.
5: Cream cheese is the best cream, part of Poppers. He thinks
2: cream cheese is the bastard stepchild of cheese. I can't even <laughs> smell it.
5: It's not cheese, it's gross. It's, it's flavor. Really it feels cheese. weird
4: in your mouth. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> People I, from Wisconsin. I like it. <laughs> People from Wisconsin that have the access to cheese, y'all do, should never utter the words that cream cheese is awesome because it is not awesome okay Greg say it
3: moving on or yes. he'll be here for That'd 10 minutes be, yeah. <laughs> what do we do next
4: next we left we left Milford Hills and that was Wednesday we left there pretty early so there was something Wednesday night
3: we had the dinner
4: we had the
2: what dinner no that was Friday no
3: hold on did, is that when we went to the radio show
2: oh yeah we left Bell for Hills and had to go all to, the way to the water. drove to Waukesha to do yes. Raised yeah. in Willisco. Wisco. Oh, Raised in oh, oh, right. oh, Wisco. Gosh. Okay, Joel. With Joel tell when that comes and Danielle on. Fairman. Where well, are you listening to? Broadcast oh, live on your civic media stations throughout the great state of Wisconsin. And and then, every major and market. And then we went left there and went to Pacific Catch. It's
3: a great show. And had
2: Asian food. Oh, that's right. We went to Pacific Bistro. Pacific Bistro. Had sushi and hibachi. That was amazing. Amazing. So that was Wednesday night. And then Drown Thursday... Home, took a
3: nap and went where?
2: <laughs> Thursday morning, we hunted the river system uh, on the low front. River system on the low front and pounded it. We... Could
4: have pounded them to find a shot the juvies, but too many geese came at once.
3: Oh my gosh, it was insane.
2: We had them. It
3: was, it was so insane. beautiful. There was
2: a thousand geese over our head at one time, and they oh were, yeah, they were maple leafing and cupped in ten yards in front of us. That and and was with watched. our
4: friend Jack and Jack. Thank you.
2: He's not here tonight. He Jack's he coming. He, started he a had shop. a he had a business meeting. Jack's a good dude. Seven.
4: He ate it. At the he ate at The he was on the radio show the night before and ate at the bistro. Yep. So then we did that, and then Thursday we drove back here. Yes. And what we do? God, we've done a lot.
3: Hold on. We uh, oh, we went to
4: the sup. No, supper club is Friday. What we do Thursday? The supper club was Thursday Friday. night. Did we
3: not eat here? No, that was last night. Wow. No, we went back to Concord.
2: It's a. Ble- it's starting to be. Ble- yeah, we went back to Concord Inn. We did. We shut down yes. Concord Inn. Yes, you don't want we
3: remember
2: did. that? Oh, yes, that was Tom did. did the High did. kicks.
3: Tom did the high kicks. No, yeah. that
2: was after the supper club.
3: <laughs> oh, that was after supper club. Oh, oh,
4: God, I I it's a blur. Remember. Friday. We hunted
2: that loaf again. No, no, we took Friday off. Friday morning. Wait a minute.
4: We shouldn't even talk about this anymore. We don't even remember. We've we don't even so remember. We're so
2: busy. We don't even but remember.
3: But the Supper Club. We but can't the Supper that. Club, the
4: Bark River Lanes. The Barker Lane. Guys, if you go to the Bark Lane, you got to go there for this fish fry. It's unreal. The Frog Legs.
3: Frog Legs. they, they, had think they did that Duck Risotto. Just for us. We
2: bowled. They got six lanes of bowling. They had Duck Risotto. I smoked. It was
3: insanely delicious. It was so
2: good. Man, it was and my... They had cod two ways, beer battered and Oh my breaded. God, it was so good. I, I like to call it the oh My what? cod. And then we went back to the Concord Inn after
4: that. <laughs> And Tom did a high kick competition with a local cheerleader to ACDC dc Thunderstruck, <laughs> and wow. won with karate kung fu kick eyes.
3: It, was, <laughs> it was hilarious. Dude, we
4: got the video. It is hilarious. So
3: Tom spent like fifty bucks in the jukebox, and we were just gonna go there for one last hoorah, shut the town down because we love Sullivan. Well, we're over there just jamming and singing our songs, and this lady walks up and she was like, "When I come here." I do a high kick, kickoff, and and she was talking to Baba, and Baba's like, "I'm doing no kickoff." Tom right at the, I'll take one for the team. Guys,
1: Tom is an athlete. An <laughs> I mean, I'm struggling to picture that. It was. No, okay, the okay,
4: video. Is this up, we going to be have on the episode. Yeah, we're going to put it on there. So then, so then Saturday we go back and hunt another loaf, and it didn't pay off. It did not pay off. We we've been struggling. We did not pay off on that hunt. We killed one goose, but we had a blast. This was yesterday. This was yesterday. That was yesterday. Then we cooked an unbelievable dinner at Joel's. Joel, did we not? It was phenomenal. We went to Piggly Wiggly, Uh, which is just fun to say. On three, everybody say Piggly Wiggly. One, two, three. Piggly Piggly. Wiggly. Do yourselves a favor (laughs) out there and visit a Piggly Wiggly. That was a cool story. I grew up shopping there. I wanted to buy a shirt, but I was like, hmm. They don't want me to cut the sleeves off of these things,
5: <laughs>
4: but I will. <laughs> so then, today, we're with you guys. Oh, wait. We forgot the most you, important thing. We did, we skipped all of Saturday. You know, we went to Madison we and went you to my ran. good friend, Jay Wando's Bar, a staple in Madison, Wando's. Wando's. He opened up his new bar right next door, Jay's. He treated us. It was unreal. The food and drinks and hospitality. Then got <laughs> us into the Wisconsin ESPN Tell tailgate him. party. For two hours, and then got his tickets on the forty or the fifty-yard you know. line. Unreal seats, right, Joel? Oh my
2: gosh! Yes. Fantastic for
4: for Nebraska Cornhuskers at the Wisconsin Badgers. The
2: most exciting
4: college football game. Dude, the
2: crowd, I my voice the student section, the student
4: section, and the songs they sang. It was so. Much it was fun. so entertaining. So thank me you, Jay sure. Wando. I mean, I love
3: Wisconsin. It is it is like home away from home for me. I could, I just can't believe we got
2: to go there. It it I went so in there, and like, the Badgers won. They're not great. They won an overtime. overtime. I went in there like, oh, they you went, know they're not the doing that Great this year, but they had to win to get a bowl bid, and they got it. And they got it. They got it. it was so exciting. And we had our we, we got jump me,
4: around. We got oh, they did jump around by yep. Everlast or by the so uh, House so we of Pain. We were at the
2: jump around bar,
4: and we did. Uh, we had our camera guys, Luke and David. They got media passes. They're down on the field filming like ESPN. It's just cool shit. We got to experience awesome. all this shit. in a week.
2: Wait, you know what you forgot? What did we forget?
4: Wait, don't tell me. Let me think. Today, Harley Davidson. We Harley, went to the,
2: you got to, dude. We got to spend time with the great great grandson of William Davidson and Willie G Davidson's son, Bill Davidson. Today. I
4: got That's to awesome. interview him.
2: Oh was so, so good. Yeah,
4: I got so to. Good. I got to ride a hog, and he said it was the longest Papa Wheelie he's ever seen. So I rode it, and I popped the clutch, My and I goodness. went up in downtown so freaking wild. Milwaukee. <laughs> And I went for nine blocks <laughs> on top of you.
2: Nine by, around corners and every, everything. Everything. Pop a wheelie. You ever pop <laughs> a, wheelie? a
4: wheelie? Oh no, oh, dude. Nope. I learned that on a. I learned that uh, when I was a kid. I can ride
2: a unicycle.
4: Dude, I it's rocked kind of like it. Pop a wheelie. Bill Davidson and what was the man's name that took us on the tour? Tim McCormick. Tim McCormick. you is, are the man. He laugh. He was so cool. Oh my gosh, he what was a so sweet, sweet man. Sweet.
2: But just to see those bikes that they used in the military and the last. I mean, they made military bikes. Dude, Harley today.
4: Davidson is a iconic 1990s. brand. Nineties. I caught 1903.
2: No, no. Into the 1990s, they made military.
4: 1999 was was the last one. That's crazy. Travel Wisconsin. Thank you very much. Hey, listen, you guys, thank you very much. Hope you guys come over to our team. Wisconsin's awesome. I can't wait to come back back for turkey season. You know what? Here's the deal about me turkey hunting. I'm stealth. I get in there tight. I run and gun (laughs) on them. 10 a.m. I don't hunt them off the roost. We're going to go hard from 10 a.m. to 1. We're going to get us some big toms. Anybody that hunts them off the roost, good luck to you. But you don't go turkey hunting in the dark.
5: Have you ever I reaped a turkey? I, I will never it. reap a turkey. I love no, it. I'll no
4: tell offense you what. to people that do.
2: We'll compete. You do your style. I'll do my style. We'll see who kills more oh, turkeys. Oh, Joel. Here we go. You're going
4: to grunt on that mouth call. You're
2: going <laughs> to <clutter at> you. <laughs> grunt on a
0: turkey. <laughs> oh.
4: <laughs> how, how do you get it to break? <laughs> wait, wait. Let, me, let my girlfriend go. Go, Anna. <laughs>
3: That's
4: pretty That's good. good. Pretty good. That's Gobble. Gobble.
3: No. Taught
4: me that. <laughs> my daddy taught my dad down there in Georgia. All right, Greg, Mike, Joel, Anna, Foul Life podcast. Download it, subscribe. Am I missing anything?
3: This was
4: amazing. Thank you, Axel. You come here, look into that camera, and say thank you. Come here, up here. Come on, what a retrieve you had to do. That's Axel. He's the lead singer of Guns and Roses. He just got done hunting with his good buddy Slash. He was here with Andrew from Wild Acre Candles. We also have Izzy, who's the original guitarist of Guns N' Roses, and we have a great yellow lab named Duff, who's the original bass player of Guns N' Roses. Was Duff unbelievable, you weren't in Canada with me?
2: He, I, he Duff, picked Duff up, was he, in New
4: York. No, he picked up 700, over 700 birds in Canada. He was on a mission.
2: Let's eat. Let's eat duck fajitas.
4: We're going to go eat duck fajitas. We're going to finish up strong tonight.
2: Pheasant, pheasant, duck fajitas, and, uh, fresh, uh, deer backstrap.
4: Brinkman, you got any closing words? And you better be like solidarity. Like this has to be some type of, of advice. You got a microphone? No, I no.
3: don't. Here you go.
4: Just talking to that. This is Greg Brinkman. This guy is considered by the great Joel Clayfish, Brinko. Brinko. He is considered Brinko. one of the top three goose hunters in the world of all time by Joel Clayfish. Is that right?
1: I think I said the state. You really got to stop putting me up on a pedestal like
2: that. (laughs) With high expectations comes higher expectations.
4: (laughs) Anything to say to close this out?
5: Let's go eat. (laughs) i got nothing to put me on the spot. Mike, anything
4: to say? You got a mic on?
5: (laughs) Oh, I had a good time. Do you have a mic on? I don't. No, it is. Thanks for coming. We had a great time hunting with you. Did you you like
4: that Jack Daniels rye single barrel tonight? We're going to go have some more. You want one? Yeah. Joel, any closing words?
5: Uh, thanks for being in Wisconsin. I love it. It's and awesome. And
4: do you wanna do you want Joel? Do you wanna thank me for the vest you're wearing that you stole?
2: I wanna thank you for the vest that you gave me. And and that you stole. Oh. Pick some I better weather it next time. It Joel,
4: is Anna V one of your favorite people? Yes. Is she beautiful?
2: I Watch oh my what my you gosh. say. Watch is what you beautiful? say, Joel. Watch what you just I heard say. you whispering say. that today all in the blind. I have to say Is Anna V <laughs> and me next to each other? That's a magazine cover right there. <laughs> all right? That's all, wow. all I'm saying.
4: <laughs> All right, we're done. Your your boyfriends and husbands are embarrassing.
0: Modern technology has changed the way we hunt, but nothing will trump boots on the ground, making real connections.
4: Today's technology, an app that has your maps, landowner names, has it become
1: easier? I think you pretty much hit it on the head there. Yeah, it made my life easier, but it made the guy next to me's life easier as well. So used to just knock on doors and talk to people, but it's the way life goes, you know. Technology changes it for everyone.
0: Networking is everything, right? Big shout out to Yukonuba for fueling our hardworking dogs and to Jack Links for the incredible Mid-Hunt Jerky Break. Chad, Anna V, Joel, Greg, and Mike will be right back. Don't go anywhere.
4: We travel a lot. We're up and down America's highways, byways, throwaways, cornfields, dirt roads, back roads, country roads. Love seeing that dust in our rear view. Love looking over and seeing the sunset, the sunrise. Mallard ducks pitching in to a pond in Kansas. A coyote howling in Wyoming. An antelope standing on the side of the road in Nevada. We get to do this all through Ford trucks, Corning Ford, Paul, Francis, the entire crew, the customer service, the service department, the selection, the dedication to excellence and quality. The number one Ford super duty dealer in the Western United States five years in a row. They're in the top 10 in the country and they're in a little tiny town, Corning, California. 5,000 people deep maybe, but the construction, the farming, the ranching, the almonds, the walnuts, the olives, the duck hunting, the fishing, the deer hunting and turkey hunting predator hunting, you name it, Corning Ford is part of it. They support our lifestyle, their pricing. They refuse to mark them up. Give them a try, they'll deliver your truck Anywhere in the country, they've delivered them to Alaska, Florida, so many to Nevada, so many to Northern California, all over Arizona and Colorado. They delivered three to Tennessee. They delivered one to Minnesota to our friend Andrew at Wildacre Kennels. It's Corning Ford. They support the outdoors, and there's nothing better than a Ford truck. These 2023 Ford Super Duties F250s, F350s, the long bed, the short bed, the Tremor package. Watch your speed. Set that cruise control because sometimes you look down and be like, I'm not going that fast. Something's got to be broken, and you're pulling a trailer and you got a lear topper on the back of it the bed of your truck is full they're meant for hauling they're meant for towing thank you francis thank you paul there's nowhere better in the country to buy your next ford vehicle or ford super duty truck than corning ford thank you all for supporting them cuts like a knife i think that was brian adams stay sharp sharp dressed man that was billy gibbons and zz top kershaw knives they're all about staying sharp staying safe getting that meat off the bone, getting those breasts off that breastplate of those Canada geese, those specks with skin on, pluck a few feathers off and then cut it out. Let the knife guide you a little bit of pressure with your offhand, just slicing through it. A sharp knife is everything. There's so much more danger that comes with using a dull knife and not staying sharp. Kershaw supports the American hunter, the American fisher, the conservationist, the gatherer, the provider, our recipes, every single one of our kitchen knives, hunting knives, fishing fillet knives are all Kershaw. We truly believe in the culture of Kershaw Knives and their messaging and they support brands like the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life TV. See them in action right now on brand new episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life airing right now exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. We try to show the Knives in action every week on different episodes when we're taking that meat, that bounty of those ducks and geese from the field to the processing, to the Traeger, to the table eating that bounty, high-fiving maybe a little bit of Jack Daniels or red wine or a bushlight light beer. It doesn't matter. Stay safe out there. Enjoy Enjoy Enjoyed in moderation, but don't be afraid to celebrate the hunt and also always having a Kershaw knife in your blind bag and being ready for anything that might come, whether you got to cut some grass or cut some parachute cord or cut some salami in the blind. They make saws, they make fillets, they make folding knives, straight blade knives, pocket knives. Every single blade that comes out of the Kershaw factory is guaranteed to be the sharpest. It's an unbelievable experience. Thank you, Kershaw. Thank you, Dominic. They're our family of knives right at Kershaw, the official knife and blade of the factory. Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life TV. Thank you all for supporting Kershaw Knives. Safari Club International, first for hunters. That's not just a slogan. They're on Capitol Hill, lobbyists, lawyers, attorneys, fighting for hunters' rights across this world. I talk to the president and CEO, Laird Hamberlin, all the time, and it blows my mind to understand his traveling schedule as he represents Safari Club International in so many different facets, meetings, organizations, banquets, you name it, every single thing that this man is doing with his crew and team, Ben Cassidy, Chris LaCovicia. It is amazing to see the work being done behind the scenes by Safari. Club International. And if you don't think that hunting rights need to be fought for, then you haven't watched the news, you haven't been well read, you haven't been paying attention. Get your head out of the sand and pay attention what's going on in our country let alone the world right now and Safari Club International is fighting for our rights every single day so become a member join them attend a banquet attend the National Convention late January 2024 Nashville, Tennessee Music City, USA the Safari Club International Convention will be back it was bigger than better last year and it's going to be bigger and better again this year I'm telling you we cannot take our hunting rights for granted we need Safari Club International Fighting for our rights behind the scenes every single day. So when you're watching that sunrise or your dog swim back with a mouthful of mallard feathers, watching those big honkers descend or that whitetail get underneath your tree stand, squirrel hunters, I don't care what you hunt, I don't care what species, and I don't care where. I don't care what tactic, Safari Club International is fighting for our rights. Get involved, become a life member if you can, a yearly member for sure. And again, we are proud members, life members of Safari Club International. We truly believe in their message and their fight, and we are going to fight right alongside with them. Thank you, SCI, First for Hunters.
0: That's a wrap on another fantastic episode of The Foul Life with Chad Building. All right, Greg, Mike, Joel,
4: Anna, Foul Life Podcast,
0: download it, subscribe. Listen to every episode of The Foul Life with Chad Building on SoundCloud, iHeart, Spotify, and thefoullife.com or your favorite streaming platform. Hunt hard, be a provider, and live the Foul Life.